Here we go. Four lines of Adam of Ayin Beis on Beis. Again, today's daf is daf Ayin Gimel. Zok the Gemara. We said Ve'elu Nishalim Bu'urim Betuma. Interestingly, whenever they would ask the Urim Betumen, which was this spiritual kind of nevua kind of thing <laughs> that they, where the Chayshin would light up with messages. So they would ask of the Urim Betumim, particularly when Klai Yisrael was determining whether to go on the offensive in battle. Whether it was, we're going to learn, in the Gemara, the Gemara is going to discuss, they would ask whether they should, and whether they'll be successful. Was it both questions? Is it only one? But as far as the halacha, the Mishnah is concerned, the reason why the Mishnah listed this is to tell us that whenever they would ask the Urim Vitumin, which was the Chayshin, the Kohen Gadol would be wearing the Shemayin Begadol. Okay? They wouldn't just walk over to the Chayshin. The Kohen Gadol was wearing the Shemayin Begadol at the time that they were asking of the Urim Vitumin, which was his breastplate that he was wearing. So he was wearing it Meaning, like, he kind of, we'll call it, he was wearing his Shemayin Begadim. They would ask of it, like, in order for the, for the uh, uh, electricity to be turned on, it had to be on his body. Okay? And he's wearing Shemayin Begadim. Says the Gemara. Ki Yasser of Dimi Yaman, Ren of Dimi came from Eretzol, he said, Begadim, Meshkan, Gadim, Mesham, Ishpahem, Meshuach, Bacham, Mesham, Ishpahem. Okay? Meaning? The same way the Kohen Gadol wore Shmona Begadim. There was another job for a different Kohen. He was not the Kohen Gadol, but he was called the Kohen Mashuach Mohammed. He was the, the Kohen appointed over all battles. And when Kayasol would go into battle, there was one Kohen who was called the Mashuach Mohammed. He was appointed for war. And he was the one who would give out all the rules and regulations of battle and say that everybody who got married in their first year of marriage should go home and planted a vineyard and built a home, so on and so forth. He was called the Shukai Meshuach Bahama. So when he was doing this, even though he wasn't the Kohen Gadol, he wore the Shemayin Begadim. How do you know that? Shnamar, as it says, The Big Day Kodesh for Aaron will be for his children. Afterwards, what does that mean? Okay? Which means, who's after the one in charge? The second one. So it's letting us know that there's even a second Kohen, a Kohen that comes after, who also wears the Shemayinah Begadim. And who is that? So the Gemara is making an assumption, we'll call it, that that other Kohen is the Kohen Meshuach Muhammad. That's challenging question. Some say that it was Kedi. Kedi usually means anonymous. We don't know who it is. I would have thought that it would be natural for the Kayin Mashuach Muhammad's child to take his place the same way it's natural for the Kayin Gadol's child to take his place. This is a fascinating concept. I don't really fully grasp what, why it's such an important thing, but you do see from here, when a Kayin Gadol died, the natural um, person to take the Kohen Gadol's place was, the, was his flesh and blood, was his son. You go, for, you go to the children, you find sometimes a Rashiva's nifter. The, 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 
the, the first attempt is to keep it within the mishpacha, keep it within the family. Obviously, the person needs to be right. The person needs to be fit. But as long as a person is within the, the ballpark of being right, so we continue on with that. So the way it worked is that if a kind ever passed away, they would try to have the Kaingolo's child take the place. Says, um, says Rav, uh, asked Ravadavar Rava, he's quoting a Brisa, which says that when it comes to Kaim Meshuach Mokhama, the child didn't naturally take the place of the Kaim Meshuach Mokhama. I would have thought it was like that. Talmud Laimar, that now we're on today's stuff. Talmud Laimar, therefore the Pasuk says, Shivas Yamim Yabosh Makayin Tachas Binai. For seven days, his son who takes his place stands in his place. The one who enters the Elmayid. Who enters the Elmayid? Only the Kayin God. Okay? Only the Kayin God goes to Kaydash Akadash. And if we say that the Kayin Meshuach Machama, War the Shmaina Begadim, so Mechzi Chazi. So we should say that listen, he's mamish like a, a Kemad, a Kohen Gadol. And if he's mamish like a, uh, he's mamish like a Kohen Gadol, so then, you know, he should also, his child should also uh, naturally take his place. And we know that's not true. That's his question. Answers the Gemara, Amr Nachmar Yizak, Nachmar Yizak says, Hachi Gamar, this is what the Pasuk means to teach me. You're right. But what we mean is, anybody who's main avayda, the pinnacle of their avayda is in the ayomayid, in the Kedush HaKadoshim, then their child takes the place. Yatsazat, to exclude this other chash of high position of kahuna. Sheikr Meshichas Namachama, Kayim Meshuach Machama. Did he wear Shemayim Begadim? Yeah. But what was his main avayda? Battle. That's his name. That's what he is. Shmai Kainu. Yeah, his name is what he is. And therefore... Is we say that the child does not uh, necessarily or automatically uh, uh, take the place of the Kayim Meshuach Mokham. Okay. May you say that's challenging question. Meshuach Mokham, Eini Mesham, Eshlai Ba'arba, Kekayin Hedya, Belay Bishmani Kayin Gadol. The Kayim Meshuach Mokham could not wear the Shemani Begadim, the Kayin Gadol, and he could not wear the regular four of a regular Kayin. So again, we have another question. You see that he didn't wear the Shemani Begadim. What did he wear? <laughs> we'll have to find out, yeah? But... He's, if he, as, what's very clear is that he didn't wear the Shemayi Begadim. It's a question on Ravidi. Amalei Abai, Abai says back, Ella Zar Meshavis Listen, he's not wearing Shemayi Begadim. He's not wearing the four Begadim. So, in what way is he a Kayin? What are you talking about? Ella says, Abai, I'll explain to you what the Brisa means. Rather, Kekayin Gadol, Mishom Eva. Kekayin Hedya, Mishom Maila Mekaydash, Velai Marid. Okay, he says, I'll tell you what the issue is with the Shemayi Begadim. The is that only a Rosh Yeshiva wears a Hamburg. If every guy in the Yeshiva started wearing a Hamburg, so then the Yeshiva is not going to be wearing a Hamburg anymore because it doesn't symbolize anything. If another Kayim, such as the Kayim would be wearing the Shemayin Begadim, that would minimize the Shemayin Begadim of the Kayim Gadol, which is not respectful. The Kangano should be wearing something unique, his Rebbe garments. But he also can't wear the Shemayin Begadim because we have to serve, we have to, to serve information over here, give off information that he's different than the other Kayin. He's not a standard Kayin. And therefore, um, and therefore, uh, he, he, he wore different Begadim. He didn't wear anything. 
Amalei, uh, I mean, wore clothing, but he didn't wear the standard begadim of the other kahan. Amalei Ravada Barabba Larava, the high Tana de Lesle Eba, but the, uh, the Tana who holds that were not concerned about jealousy. Lost the place, sorry. Velay Kamishamesh. And we still say that he doesn't wear the Shemayin of God. The time going to the price of the Varm Shemayin Kain God, Lukain Hedit. The difference in the Kain God, Lukain Hedit, Par Kain Mashiach, Par Kain Mashiach, Barabala Mitzvah, is a par uh, of the Kain Mashiach, of the anointed Kain. And the Parabah al Kol Ha Mitzvah, that if, let's say, the Kain God makes a wrong Psak Halacha, which would have been a Chiyav Kares, he's got to bring a carbon. And obviously, Bishaygeg, so he has to bring a carbon to rectify that. And the power of Yom Kippur, Vasira Saifa, and the Asira Saifa. These things only a Kain Gadol was permitted to do. Kain Gadol also, if he's in mourning, if he's in Avel, he's not, he is to cut his hair. He doesn't tear Kriya. But he tears all the way on the bottom, all the way on the bottom of his clothing. That's why it's not noticeable. Regular Kain does a regular, a standard Kain does a regular Kriya. And he's not metame for a karav, meaning a kain gadol would not even go to the funeral of his own parents, his own siblings. A regular kain is allowed to be metame to seven relatives, seven immediate relatives. Kain gadol was not metame the kreva, and he's commanded to only marry a besula, a virgin, and he's also through a almana. Okay, a regular kain is not allowed to marry a divorcee, but he's permitted to marry a widow. A kain gadol is not allowed to marry a widow. Umachzir es And also when the kain gadol dies, so everybody who killed unintentionally leaves the ir miklat. Umachriv aining. And even before his immediate relatives are buried, and he's in a state of owning, the kain gadol continues and is allowed to perform the avaida. The enai aichel. However, he does not eat, meaning it's not that he has to fast. He does the he does the carbonus, but any parts that usually go to the kohen, the kohen gadol himself should not eat of those parts. A different kohen should eat it. And over shmoyne kelim means the eight vessels. Here it's referring to the shmoyne begadim. Upater al tumas mikdash vekadashav. He's potter on tumas mikdash vekadashav. And all the Avaidas Yom Kippur, in order for them to be valid, have to be done by the Kayan Gadol. The standard Kayan, if he walks in to do the Kataris, or he does the sprinkling of the blood, or any parts of the Avaidah that we discussed last time, it's going to invalidate the entire Avaidah. Okay. Says the Gemara Vaiter, This is all true for the Kayan Gadol who became kind of through the um, through the eight garments which is except for the par that's brought al kol ha mitzvahs okay that is the um, the uh, the parabol kol mitzvahs when there's a mistake that was made that par had to be brought strictly by the kain gadol and all these halachas are noyeg to a Kayin Gadol who stepped down from his position. Sha'avar, he's like emeritus. Okay? Um, so the, um, the same halachas apply to somebody who used to be the Kayin Gadol 
and now was removed from his position. Except for five things that are listed in the parsha, um, well, which, in other words, the the Kangadol Meredith has the same halach as regular Kangadol, except there's particular halachas which are unique to the Kangadol himself, which are, we're going to list them right now. Alright, so meaning the the Kayodal Emeritus is a standard Kayan, except for these five areas. The additional area that we have in Machikas is what happens if you have a Kayodal Emeritus that steps down and then he dies? Do people from a near Mikla leave? We have Machikas. Rabbi Yehuda says yes. Anybody who at any time was a Kayodal and steps down and then dies, all the unintentional killers are going to leave the Ir Mikla. However, the Chum argue, the Chum say no, only a Kain Gadol who's in the position of the Kain Gadol at the time of death is permitted to, um, is the one who releases the unintentional killers. Okay, now why did we list all of this? What was the, what was the point? Because we had a question, and the question was that we said that the part that the Kayyam Meshuach Mohammed, the one appointed over battle, wore the Shemayin of Agadim. But over here we see that he did not wear the Shemayin of Agadim. The only way that, that uh, the, we said Mamish Fakert, okay? And, and the reason why he doesn't do it has nothing to do with jealousy. It's just because only the Kayyam Gadol himself, even the Kayyam Gadol Emeritus, didn't wear the Shemayin of Agadim. So our answer is, Ki Leslai Eva. Very simple answer. Okay? When could there be jealousy between the Kayin Gadol and, um, and uh, another Kayin? That is when the original Kayin held the same position. So you have a, a Kayin Gadol Emeritus. And the new Kayin Gadol, that's taka a problem if the Kayin Gadol Emeritus you know, keeps his position. You have a rabbi who becomes Rabbi Emeritus, and the new rabbi comes in, and the rabbi Emeritus doesn't realize that he's Emeritus. So then you're asking for tsaris. Okay? It's like, oh, new guy in the block, and then all of a sudden there could be issues. However, when somebody else never held that same position in the first place, it's a lot easier. And therefore, by the Kayyam Meshuach Muhammad, for him to wear the Shemayin of Agadim, says the Gemara, is no big deal. Ah, it's going to lead to jealousy? No, it's not. I'm still the Kayyam Gadol, He's still the Kayyam Meshuach Muhammad. I'm running the Shemayin of fine, but he's not do, using the same position as me. And therefore, there's no threat. And Memela, according to this opinion, the Kayyam Meshuach Muhammad would actually wear the Shemayin of He would wear the eight garments. Okay. Yosef Rebavu Bekamala Lashmaitza. Bavo was sitting and teaching this over. That not only is the Kayyam Gadol wear Shemayin of but even the Kayyam Meshuach Muhammad. And he was quoting Rabbi Echanan, Adrin Ravami Ravasi Lapayu. And Ravami and Ravasi, Adrin Lapayu means they turned away. Meaning, Zak Rashi, they didn't agree. They didn't agree. Not that they didn't agree to the halacha. They didn't agree that this, this was Rabbi Echanan's opinion. Some say Rabbi Baraba quoted Rabbi Echanan, Adrin Ravami Ravasi Lapayu. And that's when they um, turned their faces. Okay, makes sense that they turned away, they didn't want it. 
because they, they didn't want to do anything for uh, disrespectful to the Caesar. Now, what does that have to do with the Caesar? So Rashi says the Rabbi Avohu was a legitimate, was a, a Godel Adar, but he was a, also a government official. He was kind of like the president of Kalisro for the government, and therefore, due to this position, they wouldn't turn their faces. Okay? Bishlom Rabbi Avohu, Mishom de Yakar de Bekezer. Why don't they say to him instead of turning away? They should say to him, "No, never said this." Okay, and therefore, what the Gemara wants to do is say that really, it makes more sense that it was Rabbi Avahu quoting Rabbi Echanan and they turned away, as opposed to Rabbi Barab. Because if it was Rabbi Barab, they should have told him directly, "Hey, you're wrong. Rabbi Echanan never said this." If it's Rabbi Avahu, it makes sense they didn't directly call him out at a covenant. For the government. Okay. He also Ravan, Omar, when Ravan came from Eretz Yisrael, he said, Nish'al Itmar. It says that that uh, the Kayin Gadol, or they I shouldn't say the Kayin Gadol, when they would ask the Urim Vetumim, so Nish'al, it was said that um, only at the time when the question was asked to Urim Vetumim, at that moment, was the Kangala wearing the Shemani Begad? Tanya Miyachi, Begad Shemani Begad Meshav Meshav Meshuch Mechama Nishol Bohem. That's when he was asked. But outside of that asking, the Kayim Meshuch Mechama was not wearing the Urim Betumim. Now listen to this. This is such a fascinating and beautiful Gemara. How did the Urim Betumim work? How did it work? You're talking to stones. Or are you? How to give off messages? How did it work? This, this Yuma Daf Ayin Gimel is this whole uh, is is how this whole thing works. It's fascinating. Here we go. Tanu Rabbonam. The rabbis learned, and so should we. We're about ten lines from the bottom of Ayin Gimel Amud Aleph. Ketzar Shailin had to ask the Urim Betum. The one asking would face the one wearing the Urim Betumim. Vahanishal Panav Klapi Shechina. And the one wearing the Urim Vitumim was facing the Shekhinah. Okay? Now, what does this mean? Rashi explains the Shekhinah is on the breastplate that the Kayin was wearing. So if he's facing the Shekhinah, where is he looking? Down at his chest. So you have one person facing the, and as well as the Kayin wearing, also was facing downwards. Hashaya Laimer. The one asking the information says, Should we chase after this army for battle? And one kayin, the Kayan wearing it would be looking down, reading what it says, and he would respond, So says Hashem, go up and you'll be successful in battle. If you he didn't have to say, so says Hashem, because the, the one asking saw exactly where he was looking. He would just tell him whether it was he should be going into battle. You don't ask the Urim Vatumim in a loud voice. What's loud? Loud means when other people can hear. Not other, uh, other people who you don't want to hear can hear. He has to ask him. Like Mahar Belibai. You also can't just think of the question to the Urmatuman. 
How do you ask to the tumim the same way Chana davened? Shenamar v'Chana he medaberes aliva, and Chana was speaking aliva on her heart. Okay, that was mean on her heart. So before Shemir explained that she was uttering the words, but quietly to herself. So it means aliva. She spoke. Speech means you could hear. But it was Aliba. It was a speech between her and herself. Also, you can't, you're not supposed to ask the Rebbe two things at once. Anybody who did ask two things to Rebbe at once, it only answered one question. Which question? The first one that was asked. Shinamar. Hayizkaruni Bali. Will the ones in charge of of uh, uh, will uh, the ones in charge of Keila um, um, be uh, win over? Will Shaul come down? And what happens? Hashem Hashem said he will come down. That's the exact opposite. We said you only answered the first question. You prove from here this is the second question. Only the second question was answered. Gemara says, no, let me explain. David Sha'el. David was the one who asked the questions. We now turn to Dafayin Gimel Amad Beis, Shalai Kaseder, out of order. Okay, because really, the word Matumim, you're right, answered the second question, but it answered the question that should have been asked first. David Amalek first should have asked whether Sha'el is going to come down, and then he should have said, oh, and if he does come down, is, you know, am I going to have the help needed from the leaders of the city? So, so there's Ur Matumim doesn't only answer the first question, it answers the one that should be asked first. The Kiban Shot switched it around, he realized, and he changed the order. Hashem said, Yaskiru means they will follow through. So good. They will, they will, they'll lock it up. They'll get the job done. Okay, back to discussion of the Urim Batum. What happens if we need both questions answered now? We'll get both questions answered now. Shnei Mrat, it says, Vayishal David Ba'ashem Lemar Ha'erdev Achari Ha'gedud Ha'zeh Ha'shigonu Vayam Ha'shem Lerudev Ki Ha'sig Ta'sig Ba'hatzil Ta'sig Don't worry about it. Yeah? You'll, you'll be fine and uh, you know, you'll you'll you'll, you'll uh, overtake them and you'll certainly be successful. Afa Pisha Gzeres Nabi Chizeres and even though the Gzeres of Nabi could be changed meaning it's not like set in stone Gzeres Urim Vetumim Eda Chizeres once Urim Vetumim says something can't be changed. By the mishpat of the Urim. And just like judgment comes down, a judgment is a judgment, so too it is with the Urim Vitumim. Whatever it says does not change. Why talk is the breastplate called the Urim Vitumim at the time that we're asking it these questions? Says the Gemara, Urim Shame'irim Estevreim, Urim comes from the word R, that they light up their words, tumim shem, shem mashlimim that 
it's mashlam, meaning whatever they say, or whatever, any words that come out of the word of is followed through on. It's automatic. Take it to the bank. What about by give us binyamin? Why aren't the words fulfilled? Okay, unfortunately, we have a terrible story in our Jewish history where there were members of binyamin that raped a woman. She ended up dying, um, and the other uh, the other tribes wanted to go and mamish wipe out Sheba binyamin. Okay, um, and after they asked the Rambam whether it be successful. And they they went to battle, and they the shvatim that went to fight, they ended up taking tremendous. Uh, they, they got a big clap. They really got uh, beat up. So they went back to Urmatum again, and Urmatum seemed to say, "You could go into battle. There's going to be a very big yisoid we're going to find in life in a moment." And they got whooped again. Okay, the third time, Urmatum told him to go. And they were matzliach. Okay, that's the whole story. But let's read this inside. Why were there mis- Why were we mistaken twice? It seems the Rambam made a mistake. Says no. They didn't want to ask the question. Uh, and Pichas ben Allah ben Aaron stood in front of the Aaron and they said to the Urim Betumim, should we go out and fight against Binyamim? And he says, Hashem says, go up because later on you will be Machar. Tomorrow you will be Matzliach. Okay, says the Gemara. Now, by the way, before we go back into a quick thing into the Urim Betumim, this is such a tremendous Yisaid. What just happened, what we just read in the Gemara, is a huge foundation in how we ask questions. Life questions, psak questions, halacha questions. It's very hard, and we have to have complete amunas chachamim in our sages, but it's very hard. When people quote Gedailim, it's very important to make sure that you know how the question was asked and how that conversation started. Because depending on the information given, will absolutely determine what type of psaac you're going to get. And very often when we ask our own shilas, it's because we're coming off a predetermined decision in our own mind, and it's not necessarily so. There's a big difference, first of all, whether you ask whether something's allowed or if you ask whether you should do something. That's one big difference. That's one thing that's very important to know. Another thing that's important to know is the premise that you're basing yourself off of. The classic example that I've said probably hundreds of times, countless times, because it's just a, it's just a, a classic example. You can have one person walks over to me and he says, "Rabbi, uh, uh, should I uh, um, can I can I daven while I smoke a cigarette? Can you daven while I'm smoking a cigarette? Am I allowed to daven?" So yeah. All right, you smoke a cigarette, you, like, you want to say, to, you know, whatever. That, but that, those were his words. I, I'm smoking a cigarette, am I allowed to die? And the answer is yeah. Somebody else comes and says, and says, should I be smoking a cigarette while I die? No, you die. Right? People can only answer questions based upon what the questioner is asking. 
Are you asking me what's right? You ask me what you should be doing, what you could be doing, blah, blah, blah. Or are you already basing yourself off of a certain premise? And therefore, says the Gemara, big aside, the first couple times they didn't know how to ask the Rutum. They asked, the Rutum gave them an answer. Yeah, go, you want to go? Go. They did, but they didn't know how to ask in order for it to be, to, to, in order for it to ultimately understand the answer. Says the Gemara. Ketzad Nasus. How did they? Uh, how was this whole thing with Urim Vitumim done? Rabbi Yechonam Rabbi says that there were letters that came out and were bilet. They protruded. They stuck out, and you had to uh, and and you read those letters and you had your answer. Rishlakish says that they would join together. They wouldn't like jut out, but words letters would come together. And form words. Says the The letter tzadi is not written on the was not written on the chayshin. And therefore, how would you ever get a answer? Okay. Now Rashi says, for example, there's a very important word if you want to know if you're going to be saved from something, which is hatzola. That has a tzadi. Hatzola means you're going to be saved. Hatzil tatzil. Rashi says, you will surely be saved. Says the There's no tzadi. So, how did it work? Yeah, it would also say Avram Yisroch and Yaakov v'ha like siv tes. Amar Rev Achabar Yaakov shifte Yisurim siv shom. The shifte Yisurim, all the names of the Shvatim, are written there. Meisrei, they said, what do you mean? Call Kai. That's challenging question. Call Kai and Shein Medaber Bruach Hakodesh. Any Kayan that doesn't speak with Ruach Hakodesh. And even though he doesn't have Ruach HaKadosh, which means, yeah, the, and the Shechina is Shaira on him, okay? Um, I'm sorry. I read it wrong. Anybody who doesn't have either of these, you don't ask him. Because you find that Tzadok asked the Urim Vitumim, and he was able to give the, he was able to get a response, of Yosar When of Yosar asked, he didn't get an answer. So the question is, that what's the whole idea? Here's the challenging question. According to what we said, how did the Urim Vitumim answer? Either the letters protruded, or the letters would come together to form words. But we just said that any kind any kind who doesn't have nevuah and doesn't have uh, ruach hakodesh, you can't ask the urim Why does he need nevuah ruach hakodesh? Urim gave us the urim gave us the answer already. What's ruach hakodesh? You don't need it. Nachon is the kind gadol giving us the answer, or is the urim giving us the answer? The urim answer the gemara. So you you have mesayei that it was really the two of them together. You needed a competent kain along with the, along with the <laughs> along with the urim vetum. Okay, there was a special way that it needed to be read, and the kain gadol needed special schosim to to uh, to really understand. And if the kain gadol was not zaycha, there was no clear cut answer. Says the Gemara Viter. Who would ask the questions? Who was Zaycha? 
who was Zaycha to ask these questions? Says the Gemara, Ve'ein shayalim ela lemelech. The only time they would ask the word Matum is if the king needed, had a question. Anani Midi, where do you know this from? Amr Abavol, Abavol says, Damakrosh, Tetan Pasuk, Lefnei Elazar Hakayin Ya'amid. And in front of Elazar Hakayin, he stands, Vishalai B'mishpat Urim, and they ask from they ask from the Urim Vitumim. Who? What's who? Zemelech, deferring to the king of the time, Yaishia. Bechol B'nei Yisraelita, Yizem Meshuach Mochama. Is referring to the Meshuach Muhammad and the Chol Ha'ida Zu Sanhedrin. So, who was allowed to ask the Urimatumim? The Melech, the Kayan Meshuach Muhammad, and members of the Sanhedrin. People who, who the Klal relied upon for these answers were the ones who the Urimatumim would respond to. Hadron Allah Baloi, Hadron Allah Baloi, Hadron Allah Baloi, Mazel Tov to everybody who finished the seventh parak of Yuma. Now we begin the eighth parak of Yuma, um, and the last parak focused primarily on the Sa'ir Lazazel, and at the end we wrapped up the, the Avaida of Yom Kippur. And pretty much at the beginning of the Mesechta, we've been focusing on Yom Kippur and the Avaida. This parak is going to, unfortunately I'm going to call it, get more practical for the way that our lives have been up until now. Hopefully, it's the previous prakim that are going to be practical this coming Yom Kippur, when we're zeicha to, to, to be in the Beis HaMikdash with the Kayin Gadol. Um, um, but uh, for all the previous Yom Kippurs, Yom Kippurim, um, so all the other halachas, you know, this, we, we would say that these are the more practical uh, ones for the halachas that we're, we're uh, previously were familiar with. So here we go. Yom Kippurim on regular Yom Kippur. Asr, what is forbidden? Here we go. Achilu Shdiya. You know, you have to fast. There's no eating on Yom Kippur, there's no drinking on Yom Kippur, Besicha, no anointing on Yom Kippur. Nila Sasamdi, not let the word love their shoes, Tashma Shamit, you not let have marital relations. Amalek Vakala, Yerchatsu Aspneam, Amalek and Akala are permitted to wash their faces so that, so that they keep the importance of the of their position. It's important for the Melech to always walk around with stolts to, to look good and for Akala within the first 30 days of her wedding to look good for her husband. And also a woman who gave birth recently um, is allowed to wear shoes. Okay? Now what's recently? Within the past month, within the past 30 days. If she gave birth in 30 days, then she's permitted to wear leather shoes. Back then, they had stone floors or dirt floors, and it hurt their feet. And uh, a woman, uh, 30 days out of uh, childbirth, is considered a chayla, uh, who's in danger. And therefore, she was permitted to wear shoes to protect herself. Divi Rebeliezer. Chom Nacham say no. No, not permitted. Okay? What's not permitted? It seems the new mother wearing shoes. There are other opinions that maybe they argue about a few other halachas as well. But Pashtos, we're just talking about the shoes. person who eats the size of a date, which is the size of it, along with its pit. So you eat that full amount. A person who drinks enough to fill their lugmav, their cheeks, they're going to be chayav karis. This is when you do it on purpose. 
All eating is mistarif to a date. Very important halacha. Okay? For anybody who's not capable of fasting. Or they're capable of fasting as long as they eat particular measurements. Which is also called fasting. In shiurim. So you're allowed to have a measurement of food and a measurement of water at the same time. Not mixed together, but one right after that. You don't need to wait. Because liquids and solids don't combine. Okay. Says the Gemara, we said, Yom HaKippurim Aser Bachilu On Yom Kippur, it's, it's prohibited. Anosh Karisu. What do you mean it's Aser? Aser means you shouldn't do it. Says the Gemara. Not just the Aser. Chayv Karis. Amr Avila. Avila says, Viteva Rabbi Yirmiya. Some say it was Rabbi Yirmiya. Nitzrucha Ella Lachatzi Shir. It's letting us know that even if you eat half the size of a date, or you drink half a cheekful on purpose, that is, you know, not going to be a chiv kares, but that is also usr. Says the Gemara, If you, according to the opinion, which we follow, by the way, practically, that chatzishir usr menatayra, so then, okay, the Mishnah makes sense. Telling us it's usr to eat a half of a size of a date of food. There is an opinion that says that less than a measurement is mutter menatayra, Michael and Mem, what are you going to say? This, this, what are you going to say? This mission is a strong question on him. Did Mark, because we learned, technically there's a machlaikas about less than a measurement, whether it's permitted or forbidden. Chatzi shir. What do you do with this shir? In other words, we know, let's just talk outside of Yom Kippur. Can you take a little taste of a cheeseburger? You're not eating a kazayas. It's not called achil. Let me take a little bite of a cheeseburger. Let me eat a drop of bacon. A little bit of pork. Chatzi shir. So, Rabbi Yechelen says, less than a measurement, even though you're not going to actually get uh, physically whooped by Malchus or whatever it is, but it's still Asr Midar Reis. his brother-in-law says, Mutter Minatayra, it's Mutter Minatayra. Hani Chal Rabbi Yechelen, it makes sense according to Rabbi Yechelen, who holds it's Asr, our Mishnah says, Asr. And it's referring to Chatzi Shir. Because you're referring to a whole Shir, it should have said Karis. El Reish Lakish, but according to Reish Lakish, Michael Amemar. How can, why would the Mishnah say, Asr Ba'achila Ubishtia, and we're talking about a half a measurement, if according to you, Reish Lakish, a half a measurement is completely allowed? Says the Gemara, I'll tell you why. Because even though Reish Lakish holds that it's allowed, it's only allowed biblically. He agrees that Midrabanan. Chatzi Shir is still Osir. Let's give that answer. Maida Reish Lakish She Osir Mid Ravon. Reish Lakish agrees that even though Chatzi Shir is, he's going to say that even though I'm sticking to my guns, that Chatzi Shir is, is Mutter Midai Raisa, I still hold that Chatzi Shir is Osir Mid Ravon. Okay. Now, according to Reish Lakish, let's say like this. According to Rabbi Yechina, Chatzi shir is Asr Midaraisa. You just don't get Malkus or Kharis. According to Reish Lakish, Chatzi shir is Mutter Midaraisa. You're not going to get, uh, you, you, it's, if it's Mutter, you're certainly not going to get Malkus, you're not going to get Kharis. It's completely allowed. 
except it's also Midrabonim. That is the opinion of Reish Lakish. And let's hold it here for this evening. We're up to Ihachi. Okay? We're a few lines from the bottom of Ayin Gimel Amadez. But this question is going to take us directly onto tomorrow's daf, quite a ways down. And we're going to get into the nitty gritty of Reish Lakish's opinion. Again, this opinion of Reish Lakish, which is that Chatsi Shir, Mutter Midaraisa. But Asr Midrabonon, we're going to be we're going to challenge this uh, from a few different ways, and Bez Hashem, we will pick up from this question, Ihachi, five lines from the bottom of Ayin Gimel Amad Beis tomorrow evening. Have a wonderful, wonderful night, everybody.